Well, again, if you've not been able to join us yet, and this is like your first exposure, we're in this series called Four People, and uh, it's funny because we plan these things really, really far in advance, like months in advance. We plan speakers and what the sermon's going to be and all that fun stuff. And uh, one of the first people that came to mind when I said we're gonna, when we decided we're going to launch in this series was actually someone who's recently moved here and is also named John, so that's not confusing at all. <laughs> Uh, but John Freed is the, uh, along with his wife Danielle, are the church multiplication directors for the Great Lakes region of the Wesleyan Church. Could you pick a longer title? Know, yeah. Okay, just wondering. Uh, anyway, but what that means is that John and Danielle are solely focused on helping churches multiply, helping churches experience what God has called them to in their context and how to reach more and more people for the gospel, which obviously makes sense for our vision and our mission to say, hey, how do we partner with what they're up to and getting some coaching. So I've already got to sit in multiple meetings with John. He's already challenged me and encouraged me. Um, but it's interesting. What I want to share real quick, and he's going to preach. I'm just going to intro him, and that's what I'm supposed to do right now in under two minutes. So here we go in 20 seconds. But what I was going to say is uh, one of the areas that God has really profoundly challenged me and convicted me about the last two or three years specifically has been this area of reaching people who are far from God in my world. And we've talked about that so much, right? Our vision is right in front of you in these banners, right? To see zero lives unchanged by Jesus. But that takes you and I taking ownership and deciding we're going to make that personal. And one of the best people I know at taking it personal and helping churches make it personal is this guy. And so I couldn't think of anyone better as God kind of aligned dates and times and series and even the moment we're in moving to our new space uh, I'm so honored that John would come and share with you. And so you're in for an awesome uh, teaching. I know that, but also a person who follows God and loves God and models everything he's preaching. And so would you help me give me a nice warm center welcome to John Freed. All right. Thank you, John. That was very kind, but it's not going to be that good. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm so pumped to be here. My wife, Danielle, our friend Natalia's here. And our kids are in family ministry, kids ministry with Danny. And uh, pray for my kids. They really need Jesus. Um, so we're hoping Danny shapes them up pretty good. Um, anyhow, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. And we do have kind of a connection. Um, and, and so, I, you know, John, Lindsay, you guys are awesome. And I'm so blessed. You know, this church is blessed. I hope you know that. I think you know that. You guys have some awesome pastors, great leadership. And today's a big day. You guys are moving into a new building. And, uh, but we do have some connections here. Um, um, well, first, I want to say thank you, uh, the invitation to come and share and speak. And Pastor John was very pointed to make sure that I knew you guys love good two, three-hour sermons. Like, you guys, and I was like, are you sure? And he's like, absolutely, this is a big Sunday and this is our last Sunday in this school, and so we want to own it, John. I mean, just, you know, stretch it out. So get comfortable. What's your name? Lisa, and who's your friend here? Michaela, if you want to lay down and sleep at any point this morning, you can do that. You got an iPad? You, you should have brought an iPad, honestly. It's going to be a long Sunday. Uh, but I never get those opportunities to preach three-hour sermons, so this is great. Um, and we do have another connection. Uh, does anybody here know Pastor Chad McCollum? He was actually, start, he started uh, this church, and, so, and he owes me money. So those of you who raised your hand, uh, he said you would give it to me if I asked. And so that's, he owes me a lot of money, actually. Um, so I'm glad to be here and get that money from you. 
Um, and you guys are set up, you know, you set up this room, and you did it last night, and I came in this morning. Just so you know, um, uh, when I was 12 years old, my dad started a church. And I thought we were, like, pretty cool church because we started in a country western bar, okay? And so I grew up going to church in a bar, and I just thought that was, but I've been setting up a church, setting up an experience, an encounter with God in buildings that weren't designed for it since I was 12 years old. Like, and, and when Danielle and I started churches in Indiana, we had to set them up. And so uh, I asked John, I said, hey, can I come and help set up? And he was like, well, we've already got it set up. And I was like, yes. So I went over uh, to the building this morning where you guys are going to be moving in, and uh, I put my head up to the glass, and I'm looking in there to see, you know, because I know you can watch the videos online, but he could be lying. You don't know. So you wanted to go see it. So I went over there and saw it and put my head up to the glass, and then all of a sudden the light flickered, and I was like, oh, someone's here. And so I'm like trying to see who's in the building, you know, and I knock on the glass, and they didn't come, and then it flickered again, and I'm like, oh, and so I, I moved to another angle, and I knock on the glass, and no one came, and then I realized there's people in there that don't like me, and they don't want me to come here, so I left, and I came here, uh, but this, it's pretty awesome over there. I mean, it's going to be a great space. It's going to be a great thing, but this is a big pattern change. Can everybody say pattern? We're going to talk about patterns this morning. Pattern. Say pattern. Pattern, pattern, okay. We're going to talk about purpose, but to talk about patterns, you got to talk about purpose. But I'm going to talk about patterns today, but this is a huge pattern change, right? And so um, understanding that and knowing what it's like to move building to building to building, I called my buddy Chad McCollum, and I was like, you owe me money. And he's like, those people are good for it. And then I said, hey, tell me the story of this church. You know, I, I've not got to visit here yet, and this is our first, you know, you thought your first Sunday was scary. Try preaching the first Sunday you visit, right? Like, so I'm here, and I'm like, you know, I don't know who your friends are, you know. Tell me the story. And he started, I just wrote some notes here. I just started listing names like uh, Scott and Christian, Brent and Tony, Mike and Lori, which I know Mike back here. Mike, thank you for the camper. And uh, I bought a camper off Mike recently, and so, um, but I was, and he told me about front row Pete here. He called, called you front row Pete. And so I sit down in the front row and I'm like, and I knew he looks exactly how Chad described him. Like Chad's like, this guy can rip your head off at any minute if he wanted to. Luckily he's in the front row. And so I asked Chad and so I sit down and, and I said, you know, hi, my name is John. Cause I was just testing the waters. And he was like, my name's Pete. And I was like, oh, I know you. Because Chad told me that one time during the meet and greet, the shake hands, Chad had the bright idea, which isn't very smart, to like, let's chest bump somebody. You know, chest bump someone in the room, right? And who does Chad pick? <laughs> Front row Pete. Front row Pete. Chest bumps Chad, breaks his ribs. Chad could hardly breathe. I, didn't, I was scared to shake your hand, honestly. I was nervous. I was nervous. So anyways, uh, I talked, and he told me the story about moving buildings. And y'all have moved some buildings in this church. I don't know if you know, if you're new here, I'm new too. So 
let's all catch up together. But if today's moving day, let's look back a little bit in history. And so uh, first, Zion Christian Church or school is where you guys first started down there. So cool. And Chad was telling me, like, like he's like, where are you at right now? I was like, I'm on 78th Street or 68th Street at the U-Haul. He's like, drive down this road. So I'm driving in my car. Chad's on the line. I pull into the Zion Christian School. He's like, do you see the back steps? With the Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I got to lead someone to the Lord on those back steps. I was like, that's pretty awesome. That little, kind of that little moment, you know what I mean? Like that little artifact in your story was kind of cool. And then he's like, now, now, now get back. I'm like, I'm not driving anywhere else, Chad. Just tell me the story, okay? So I wrote some notes here. And he said that you guys were in the rec center uh, on 76th Street. And then you guys moved all around. And Chad said, Chad said he, they used to, you guys used to have a phrase that if you can find us, you can join us, that kind of thing. Um, he said, you guys moved so much. You guys moved so much. One time you were in the middle school, and there was a, he was on sabbatical. He wasn't even here. There was a flood in the, I might have the story wrong. There was a flood in the middle school. You guys moved to the administration building. Chad came back from sabbatical. He had to find you guys. He had to find his church because you had moved somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, and then you were back in the middle school, and then from the middle school, you came here to this Christian school. And it's just cool when a church moves, because every time the, because see, how many of you helped set up? Did you help set up this room right here? Yeah, okay. You know there's a pattern. Now, as a person who's set up since I was 12 years old, I, I just got to give you props on the chairs today. Like, they're on straight lines. Like, you don't even know what kind of science goes into these chairs, okay? Like, you're sitting in this chair, and you're like, someone sat here. No, 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 no. There was a scientist and a research team that came in. They measured the room. They counted every dot in the carpet, and they said, this is where the chair needs to go, right here. And then off of that chair, they build the next chair and the next chair. And then every week after that, they're like, set the chair here. If you set that chair here, we will get the rest of the setup perfectly. And if that chair is not there, John may stand up and be like, we can't even start. We can't even start till that chair is in the right place. Am I right? Can I get an amen? You know you're going to get an amen on setting up chairs at Center Church, right? So there's patterns. And... As I heard Chad talk, he said, you know, we, we changed the pattern of our life to come and start Center Church. And it was a huge change for them. But he said, God got a hold of our heart, and he moved us. And this is what happens. The world is full of patterns, right? right? Like the world right now, the earth is spinning in a circle at 1,000 miles per hour. It's spinning around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. I mean, that's a, a really fast, yet we're still sitting here, right? We're still here. We're in movement, but we're also in movement. Like, the weather is changing, right? So when I moved to Michigan, my friend Dirk, he lived in Michigan, and uh, he moved to Indiana where we were from, where we started churches. And, and so we're moving, and he's like, hey, I want to give you uh, my snowblower. I'm like, you're just going to give me a snowblower? He's like, yeah, I know where you're living. You're going to need it. I'm like, Hudsonville, really? And he's like, oh, yeah. So I, we live in Hudsonville, and it's like a, I'm, we're getting ready for the weather, uh, for the winter. You know what I mean? We're in summer. We moved here in August. It's great. You guys eat ice cream. Like, I, like, like it's not going to be there tomorrow. That's how you guys eat ice cream. Like, like get it now. And you guys have ice I, I, But then I learned... You're preparing for the winter. Like the squirrels gather the nuts, and you guys just eat ice cream as fast as you possibly can when it's warm out. 
because we gotta make it through the winter. That's how everybody talked to us. And I talked to all my neighbors, and I said, we lived in Indianapolis. We got an average of 23 inches of snow. And they just look at you like, you're not gonna make it. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not prepared. And we were not prepared. We bought every coat off Craigslist that we could find. We're buying boots off Facebook. We're just trying to, you know, hunker down and make it through the winter. And then we had the winter that we just had, and our neighbors are like, you got lucky. You got lucky. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, how much are we missing of the winter, right? And now it's springtime. It's gorgeous. It's great. The mushrooms are coming out. Anybody hunt for mushrooms? You shouldn't. Just stay. Don't hunt for mushrooms. I'm going to hunt for mushrooms. It's awesome. It's a, a whole thing. Anyhow, there's patterns. There's patterns in our spiritual life as well. There's patterns that we go through. But with every calculated pattern, now catch this, with every calculated pattern, there's a purpose, a clear, defined purpose. You probably have this in your job. There's something that you want to accomplish. And so that you got a pattern that you go through to accomplish that purpose. And the reason we set up chairs and the reason we have this on Sunday and the reason that you have a pastor is because there's certain patterns that, you, that we have figured out as Christians that we have to abide by these things because there's a purpose. There's a purpose for the pattern. Okay, everybody say there's a purpose for the pattern. All right, good, good, good. John 10.10. 10. Now, before we go to Luke 15, let me take you to John 10. John 10.10 10 says this, right? It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That is like his purpose statement. But he also gives you the thief's purpose statement, right? Steal, kill, and destroy. I don't care who you are, where you're from. I'm going to guarantee right now that you have run Satan's pattern in your life. Let me just give it to you, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Because I'm going to tell it to you, and then you're going to talk to somebody tonight or tomorrow, and you're going to be like, that's it. That is Satan's pattern right there. You are totally in Satan's pattern. Here's Satan's pattern. Ready? The first part of his pattern is exhaustion, right? He just wears you down. He just wears you up. How many people you talk to, and you're like, how you doing? They're like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired. They're tired of something, right? They're tired of this. They're tired of this. They got their marriage they're tired of. They're tired of their job. They're tired of the weather. They're tired of something. Everybody's tired about something. You can look back in history. You look back in Scripture, and you will just see this is how Satan fulfills his purpose of steal, kill, and destroy you. It just wears you down. Exhaustion, right? And if you're exhausted long enough, then you'll start to feel empty, right? Can I get an amen? You start to feel empty. Like, I got nothing else to give. I've tried everything. I got nothing more. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to overcome this. And you just get into this rut or you feel stuck, but you just get, feel empty. You start to forget who you are. You start to lose your identity. You start to forget why you're even here, and you start to question things that maybe you wouldn't normally question, and now you are having doubts. This is, listen, it's the pattern. Exhaustion, empty, and then when you're exhausted long enough, and you feel empty long enough, you will be enslaved. You will be stuck. And there's so many people I talk to who are just like, this is who I am, and this is what it is, and just a slave to it. This is a pattern. Maybe you know that pattern like I know that pattern. Maybe there's an area of your life where you're like, totally ran that pattern. And that is the enemy, the thief's pattern to steal, kill, 
and destroy. But Jesus said, here's my purpose. That they may have life and have it to the fullest. Right? That they may have, like he says, I have come. Like I've moved in. I've come close to them. I've come near to them. I've come right up against. That's what the Greek is. I've come right up against their life. Like, I am right here, right now. We're going to read Luke chapter 15 here in a minute. It's where Jesus Christ is like, I'm here now. I've moved into your space. There's going to be a powerful pattern change. I'm going to tell you right now, we work with lots and lots of churches. You're going to go through a pattern change immediately next week. Normally, you drive here for church, and next week, you're going to drive over there, right? And you're going to pull into that parking lot, and you're going to be like, where do we park? I don't even know where to park. That's not even my parking spot that I normally had at church. i got to find a whole new parking spot now. You're going to walk in. It's going to look different. It's going to smell different. And you're just going to be like, okay, I don't, this is not even my church. I'm a guest in my own church now. Your whole pattern will be, like, weirded out. And you'll be like, the kids' room, where, is it? where do I take my, my brats? And you'll be like, okay, here's where I bring my brats. And, and they need Jesus. Don't lie to me. I know my kids, right? They need Jesus. And so, so you're going to walk in, and you're going to just be like, wow, this, this is amazing. You know what I mean? And, you're gonna, and it's going to be different. It's going to change. The pattern's going to change. But you have to understand that in this space here is temporary. And when, when you leave here today, you'll take the sign off the building, and, it, and, and the center church disappears. It only exists on the Internet, right? But I'm telling you, in communities like this, when you have a sign on the building, more people are going to show up. I wouldn't be surprised in two years from now, there's maybe 50%, 100% more people here. There's twice as many people in that building. And I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. That's all, I mean, we, we have the research to back it up. Who wants to put money on it right now? $100? Who wants to put $100 on it right now? I'm just kidding. That's how I owe money to Chad. Anyhow. <laughs> oh, man. I have come that they may have life, like to take hold, to, to own it, to make it their own, and have it as their own. And Jesus said, Jesus said that they may have it to the full, to have it overflowing. Here's what you're going to notice next week. You're going to walk into that building, and you're going to say, I hope you say this. I really do. I hope you say, this isn't big enough. I really hope you say that. If you walk in, and you're like, perfect. See, God has an overflowing, overflowing for this church, an overflowing blessing for your life. So here's the pattern. Luke chapter 15. We're going to go through it very quickly. Luke chapter 15. It says this. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to skip some parts. Verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now skip down to verse 11 because he, he goes through some stories there. He talks about the lost sheep and he leaves like 99 for the lost sheep. And I barely do that for my dog, but Jesus loves you and he would go after you. That's what that means, okay? And the lost coin... Like, she clears the house. She moves the furniture out. She lights a lamp to find, like, God values you. Like, you matter to him. But then he goes into this story about this boy. Verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. A younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them, which is, look, I don't, there's so much. 
There's so much in Luke chapter 15. Like we could spend, uh, we're only going to spend about four hours in this today, but we could easily spend uh, a week in this. Um, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set and set off to a distant country there and squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. I hope that when I talked about the thief's pattern, remember that? So Jesus is just breaking it down another way. He's just telling another story. He's like, look, he was, he was uh, exhausted, and he ran out of, he was empty. He had no money left, and so here he goes. He's going to be enslaved. This is the pattern. This is this is the pattern. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Like, boy, didn't even have a friend who would be like, here, you can come over for a meal or you can sleep on my couch or nothing. He had nobody else in his life. He's completely alone. He is exhausted, he is empty, and he is enslaved. And when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. And I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, he goes into his speech, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and a celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And there's so much more to that story. And there's so much that I would love to share with you from that text. I mean, you could spend a lifetime just reading that text every day. And there's so many patterns that you will see that God has for you. So many blessings that God has for you. But this is what I want to point out. I want to center on just one verse this morning. And that's Luke chapter 15, verse 20. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And when we talk about pattern changes, I'm reminded of the story that uh, Chad told me. I asked Chad, Chad, why, you start, why did you start the church? He said, I really felt like that Byron Center didn't need another church. It needed Jesus. And he says, looking back on it, we started, I feel like he said that we were called to start this church for a guy named Guy. And he began to tell me about this guy, Rickert. And I know I'm going to get his story wrong, but Guy Rickert was a guy that came to this church and he found Jesus. Like, he found Jesus in a way that totally changed the pattern of his life, especially in a place because soon after arriving here and his family kind of sat in the back row. Chad didn't know him all that well, but one time they got a phone call to the church office and Guy said, listen, I, I found out I have cancer and I need someone to be at the way, at, at the, in the hospital with my family while I'm in the procedure praying with them. And so Chad went. It, it was meaningful for Chad when he walked in the room and, and Guy said, this is my pastor. That was like a huge thing for Chad to hear someone say that to him and about him. Guy's 
pattern should have gone exhausted, empty, enslaved, and death. That should have, that's what cancer does to people, right? You get tired, you start to feel empty, and you get so in, just stuck in this sickness. You can't do anything because of the sickness. But that wasn't the pattern of Guy's life. That's not what Chad told me. Chad told me that this guy's life was all about Jesus. Like, all of a sudden, the pattern changed. When Jesus gets a hold of your life, it says here that when he saw his son, when he saw his son, now catch that for a minute, because when you go back to the original idea of that, the original language of that, that saw, I saw my son, it's like when I see my son out on the playground at his school, like if I see him out on the playground playing with his kid, the kid, I know that's my boy right there. I can tell by the way he runs, by the way he jumps. I can tell everything about, I, can, I could pick out my daughter in a sea of people. I'd say, that's my little girl right there. Like, I can hear my son's voice. I can hear my daughter's voice above anybody else's voices. When he says, I, the father saw his son, it's like he had seen a lot of things on the horizon. But when he saw his son, when he came near to his son, when he, he, he was with his son, it was like an encounter moment. Like, I know that boy. And there was a moment in this guy's life Chad says, where he knew Jesus, but he also knew that Jesus knew him. That there is a calling. Listen to me. There is a calling on each of your life. One of the things I tell my son, Dean, I say, Dean, you know, God created you. Like, that's a, that's a truth that you have to get real young. And I don't know if anybody ever told you that when you were young, that God created you. And I said, God made you. Like, he put you together. Like, for some reason, God was like, you know what this world needs? A dean. Like, that's what this world needs, right? And, 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 and I said, you know, Dean, why God created you? He said, I don't know. I said, me either. And we're going to figure out what he created you for. That's why I'm your dad. That's why you got your mom. You know, I, there's so many people I meet who just feel like they're just here. Listen, the world doesn't need someone like you right now. The world needs you. The world doesn't need a congregation like the Center Church. Byron Center doesn't need something like Center Church. It needs the Center Church. There is a calling on your life, and there is a calling for this community. And when I asked Chad about this guy named Guy, he said it was, it was like the world opened up and everybody had to know about Jesus. He realized his calling. In the midst of his cancer, he had a calling. The verse goes on, it says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. I like that Ephesians 2.10. I don't know if you've read the Passion Translation, but it says Ephesians 2.10 like this. It says, we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned and advanced our destiny and the good works he would do to fulfill it. Like, there is a pattern that God is running with your life. Did you know that? There's a pattern of blessing. And while you were maybe a long way off, God saw you. He saw your tomorrow, and he saw your yesterday, and he knows exactly what's going to happen on Friday and Saturday. He saw you, 
He's right there with, I don't know if that's good news to you. That's good news to me. And the people listening to the story the very first time have to imagine, I thought God was distant. I thought God was somewhere else. I thought God was disappointed with me. I thought God was avoiding me. But Jesus is saying right here, no, he's right here and he knows you and was filled with compassion for him. There's some phrases that we use in 2021 uh, that we use, if we used them in 2020 or 2019, we would have no idea what we're talking about. It'd be like a foreign language. Here's a couple. Ready? Flatten the curve. I never said that before. 2020 came. I'm using it all the time, right? I got to flatten the curve, right? Or contact tracing. If I told you we were going to, hey, can we take your temperature when you come here and, and we're going to contact trace you? What? No. In 2020, we're like, yes, please do that. Thank you. Right? Like, it's like the whole world changed. Here's another one. Uh, doom scrolling. Has anybody done that? Where you just kind of read the news and you're just kind of scrolling through it like, oh, gosh, look at it. We're all going to die. I got to go to work tomorrow. Right? That's doom scrolling. Okay? Maskne. Anybody getting maskne? You get this stuff? Yep. Uh-huh. Essential worker. How good did it feel when someone said, you're not essential? I thought I was. My mom said I was. <laughs> and then remote learning. Hell. Okay. What? Remote learning? No, 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 no. Unless remote means at your house, teacher, right? Like, let me drop them at your house. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so when Jesus says, and was filled with compassion. Everybody in the room was Jewish. Everybody in the room went, I know what he's talking about. I know exactly what. Here, let me read to you Nehemiah chapter 9. And immediately when Jesus said that, that the good father, he was filled with compassion, it would immediately take in all these Jewish boys and girls that had grown up in Jewish school, learned Jewish things, done Jewish things. It would immediately take them back to this moment right here where Nehemiah has all the nation of Israel and they're about to move into their new building. They're about to move into Jerusalem. They're about to come into this new place and, and Nehemiah says to them, but they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked and they did not obey your commandments. And I just wonder if some of the Jewish leaders were there like, he's not talking about me. He's not talking about And they're like, yeah, he's talking about you. And said, verse 17, they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. And they became stiff-necked in their rebellion, appointed a leader in order to return their, to their slavery. See, this is Satan's pattern all over again. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. See, this is, this is God's pattern. He's saying, look, you were in Satan's pattern. Now here's God's pattern. And therefore, you did not desert them. Even when they cast for themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt. And when they committed awful blasphemies, verse 19, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way they were to take. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from their mouths, and you gave them water for their thirst. Look, look. He's giving them a full life, everything they need, that God is right there in that moment, in that coming near, in that pattern, guiding them, pillar of smoke, pillar of fire. That would have been awesome, right? 
For 40 years you did this. You sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. Like the pattern would normally be your clothes are going to wore out. That's, that's just the pattern of how clothes go. But for 40 years, you wore that same weird shirt, and it never wore out. Even though everybody wanted you to wear out that shirt, it continued to be worn every day. The Lord provided the whole way. See, here's the thing I want you to see. God's on the move. God's on the move. Isaac Newton had this theory of movement. Objects in motion stay in motion until a greater force either stops it or changes its direction. One way to describe that is an anchor point. An anchor point. An anchor point could be something that's constantly moving, but it's also putting you in a certain direction. I really feel like that in this moment right here, when he talks about the compassion and the movement of God, the love and action of Jesus, of the Lord in your life, He's running this pattern. I really feel like there was this pillar of, of this cloud of, and this pillar of, of fire at night that guided. These were these moving anchor points. They were in West Michigan. You might get this where you clip into uh, the sail when they take, you know, when you're windsurfing. Have you seen these crazy people windsurfing? Our family just stands there on the beach like, it's amazing to us. But what it is is it's an anchor point. And it creates movement in their life in a certain direction. Or a slingshot. You got the two anchor points, and you pull back. And when you let it go, it goes further than it could on its own. And what Jesus is saying is, my compassion for you is an anchor point. That no matter where you get in life, no matter where you go, the anchor point has to be Christ. And when your anchor point is me, then we will run a different pattern together. Here's the idea. Center church is an anchor point in this community. And there are people in this community who need Christ desperately. And when the center church is constantly in movement with Christ, then it can constantly be an anchor point. Today, you have a great opportunity. You're going to pack all this up, and you're going to move it over to that new building. And this is a warning I'm going to give you. If you get there, and this spirit of movement that you have, and this spirit of reaching lost people, and this spirit of being an anchor point for this community, if that does not exist, if you only move to that building so you don't have to set up and tear down anymore, or to get comfortable, or to sit back and relax, I really believe the Spirit of the Lord will leave you. And I've seen it. Right? You'll become just another place that talks about Jesus. And we don't need another place that talks about Jesus. We need a place where some patterns can change. Where people can come to this anchor point and have an encounter with Jesus that sends them out. So they can be Jesus in every place in their life. We planted a church in a little town called Noblesville. Uh, Chad and Julie, um, when they were here and they transitioned to Indiana, they came to Noblesville, and they came to our church. And um, we got to be Chad and Julie's pastor, and we did all we could for Chad. We did. 
There's a little boy in that church named Evan, and I love telling the story about Evan because Evan uh, went to the middle school there in Noblesville, and if you Google Noblesville Middle School, it's going to show you that there was an awful tragedy that came in, that a little boy came in and with a firearm, and, and just it was just a huge tragedy. And in the midst of that huge tragedy, when everything is in chaos and everybody is filled with fear and nobody knows what to do and nobody knows where to run and they can't get to the students and they can't get to the kids and they can't get to the teachers and, no, and the SWAT team is moving in, this awful experience. All the kids are taught to hunker down and get under their desks or go to a corner and they start running through the pattern that the school has taught them. And in the midst of that pattern, this little Evan, this little boy, pauses and he gets, says to his class, takes leadership of his class, he says, we need to pray. We need to pray right now. And I'll remember forever when uh, Rick and Anna came to our church and brought their little boy, Evan. I remember where they sat. I remember sitting in their home and praying with them through some really difficult, dark days in their life. And all the while, Evan is picking up this pattern because he knows there's a purpose for his life. And if there's a purpose, then there's a pattern. If there's a purpose, there's a pattern. And when patterns change, it's so easy to drift off into the enemy's pattern. It's almost like he waits for your pattern to change. He waits for the world to come at you. And as soon as your pattern changes, he wants to slip in his pattern. Let's get tired. Let's get exhausted. Let's get empty and let's get enslaved. And then he can destroy you. But Jesus calls to us. And he also walks with us. And he's right there with us with a new pattern. It's a pattern change at the Center Church. I think it's a blessing and an honor for Danielle and I to be here on this Sunday, especially with our close relationship with Chad and Julie, our close relationship with John, Lindsay, and their family. It means a lot to us. I mean, like, a lot. I drove around this community just praying over every location I went to every location after Chad told me, and I prayed for this church. And then I went to your new location. And I just prayed, God, don't let them settle here. They're not a settled church. You have set up chairs and prepared a space to encounter Jesus for 15 years. But God's moving you into a promised land like in Nehemiah. I'm taking you somewhere where there will be abundance. I'm taking you somewhere where the pattern's going to change, but you need to know he's right there with you. Would you stand with me? I want to close with prayer, and I'm going to just pray a blessing over you. I'm going to pray that God uh, moves in your life, that if you don't know that you have a purpose in Christ, that that would come alive in you. And maybe even while I'm praying for you right now, you would just accept that purpose. You would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're going to put your trust in Him, and you say, God, I have this pattern, and I want your pattern. I need to change the pattern of my life. And there's somebody here today that maybe you've been a Christian for a while, and it's just become a pattern, and it's really not that real to you anymore. And my prayer, as I pray over you right now, I'm going to pray that God blesses you, that when you move into that space, that you have a brand new encounter with Jesus Christ. And all it took was some new carpet and a new place to park your car. Like, that's what's waiting for you. 
And I'm going to pray for this church because there's going to be a little Evan that walks through your door. And there's going to be an Anna and Rick that walk through your door. And there'll be some guy that'll walk through your door. And you'll be ready with a pattern because you're on purpose. You're on purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now and we thank you for all that you've given us. We thank you for the blessing that you've given this church. I thank you, Lord, for John and Lindsay. I pray that you bless them and their family. It's an honor, God, for me to even be in this room right now. I pray that you bless the person who's in this room right now who's saying, God, I need a new pattern. And they're going to move from death and steal and kill to life and life to the fullest. They're going to put their trust in you right now. I pray, God, for this church that they would see the purpose that you have for them as an anchor point, a place, God, where people can, can come in and find you in a new way, an encounter with you that then launches them out to a world that is in desperate need of you. I know, God, that we're going to leave this place and we're going to come in contact with people who don't know you co-workers and friends and family members who haven't experienced this pattern or your purpose for their life. And I know, God, that they are exhausted. I know that they feel empty, and I know that they feel enslaved. I ask, God, that you would meet them where they are, that you would see them, that you would draw close to them, and you would do that through us, through our conversation, through our moment with them, through our encounter with them, that we would be your hands and feet. We love you, Lord. As we come into your space, as we move space, God, put us like the nation of Israel about to enter the promised land. May we recognize you, see you in all things. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen.